If you've invested in your business, chances are you've funded future growth potential through leverage and after filling out loan applications and undergoing credit checks. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Australian Business Podcast. I'm Daniel Golubev. I'm Jordan Kittis. I'm Owen Rask. We're here to help you make more profit, find work-life balance, save time, capital, and grow your business. Every week, we drop the best tax tips, marketing hacks, growth strategies, and methods to help you grow. If you haven't already, take the free Rask Business Course. Book a chat with me or Daniel at Grayspace. Or get in contact with us about business coaching. We also love hearing from you. So send us your questions and feedback using the resources found in the podcast player for each episode. Let's get into it. Alexander, welcome back to the Australian Business Podcast, mate. It's lovely to be back. It's good to chat again. A few weeks ago, we, we caught up and we spoke about your business and what you're building. Uh, and we talked about your goals and the things that um, you're building towards. And Jordan and I were going to treat this as a bit of a kind of come to you with ideas session. And Jordan can't join us today, so I'm filling in. So you've got the lesser of the two to help you uh, this week around, mate. Um Hopefully, we'll come back in a few more months or weeks and we'll check in again to see how you're going with certain things. But maybe for folks that haven't listened to that first episode where you took us through your business and we just basically grilled you for 40 minutes, can you maybe just explain a bit about what you do, what the business does, where you operate, these types of things? Yeah. So, we're at the mid-coast, New South Wales, so it's the Foster-Tarry region. Mm-hmm. And we're doing landscape maintenance, so anywhere from uh, lawn mowing to, you know, hedge trimming, tree trimming, you know, just your gardens and whatnot. Um, started about a year ago, uh, November last year, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's been a journey. We've, we've grown quite a bit now, um, but there's more to grow, so I'm on here and getting some advice, which is nice. Yeah, cool. So what do you reckon is the, one of the questions I wanted to ask you today, what do you reckon is the core value prop? And if I'm typing, if anyone hears me typing or writing, it's because I am. Um, so that would be explaining that. But what do you reckon your core value prop is? Um, outside of the work itself, we like to do high quality work, but I think communication and reliability are the two big things. Um, in this line of industry, the, it's a bit of a stereotype, but the competitors are normally not as educated, I'd say, and, you know, the communication isn't there or it's very um, rushed or there's no sense of reliability. I feel like that's what I like to bring towards my clients. Yeah, yeah, cool. I like it. And um, if I was to walk up to you, say, 
we didn't know each other. I'm just walking down Taree and, um, you know, I bump into you and I say, oh, what do you do? What would you say? I'd say landscape maintenance. Um, it's a bit of a broader term than lawn care because I do want to venture to more of the property services. Um, to Yeah, just a bit more than mowing lawns. Um, also not quite a gardener. I wouldn't say I've got the experience in, you know, maintaining gardens to a pristine standard. I haven't studied horticulture or anything. So it's a bit yeah. more of a, a broad spectrum sort of an answer. Yeah. Um, when most people approach you, what do they perceive as the value problem? Are they coming to you for lawn mowing and these types of things? Yeah, so uh, a lot of the time when clients message me, they have seen my work on social media mm -hmm. or they've been referred by um, somebody else. So a lot of the time there's more expectation, I suppose, than just a lawn mower. They know that I've, like, the yeah. work, they've seen it before. So, there's, yeah, they're a bit more appreciative of what I do. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I asked this because I don't have it in my notes from last time. Maybe we did. I just didn't take it down. Um, how many, like what proportion of your um, client base now of new people coming to you is word of mouth? Roughly. Um, pretty pretty much all of it. I haven't done any paid advertising. Yeah. Um, I haven't done any approach like that. It's just all word of mouth or social media, which is sort of word of mouth, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, in a sense it is. Um and so I think last time we spoke about Facebook groups and these types of things, um, and you're in these local community groups, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how do you typically promote yourself in those? Uh, that's where I would share posts from my page into there. Um, sometimes it's a call of action, you know, saying we're doing herbicide spraying. Um, sometimes it's just uh, a post about like, an inch. One good example is I post an introduction, to a bit about me to the local community and uh, that got quite a good good amount of responses just from people. You know, they've seen me around and they just clicked like or had a comment saying, good work, keep it up. So, Yeah, cool. Yeah. I think you know, you've definitely got that uh, going for you because, you know, local young guy just wanted to do the right thing. It's uh, it's a, something that you should actually, I think, play on. Um, mm. So these are like the major groups. So I did a bit of a survey. So I'm just going to throw these out there. So these are like um, the – where are they? Here we go. So we've got the – um, Tarree Community Notice Board, that's a huge yes. one. Yeah. Um, Tarree and Surrounds Community Notice Board, it's another one. And the Buy Swap Cell, those yeah. ones. Yeah, I'm on a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I'm trying to do a bit of a look around. There's like seventy to 100,000 people in those groups. Um, big space. Yeah. Basically, if you can uh, comply with the moderator and the admin of those groups, it's a wonderful opportunity for you to just – get your name out there, get people clicking to your website, these types of things. Now, yeah. you, in the first chat, you said to me that there, I was trying to do some competitor analysis and just, well, not even competitor analysis because I think the pond is big enough for everyone to swim in. But um, I think you said there was a business called Outside In. Um, now, this business, I couldn't find them online. I don't know if you could find them online. I feel like, so I'm just having Google as well. I feel like previously... I'm not sure about their website. I did find them on Facebook, I'm pretty certain. Um, okay. Because, yeah, I can see them on Facebook, but I couldn't see a website, and that's okay. Um, but I did find a few others in the area. And one of the tools that you can use to do a bit of, like, competitor analysis is you can use trends.google.com, and you can go in. It's a free service. 
and you can go in there and you can see what people are searching for in Google. Now, yeah. the problem is when you get more niche and more localized, you're going to get less search results. But I use that to try and find some of the information for your area. Another tool that you can use to try and find out how many people are using like a competitor's website or app is use a tool called similarweb.com. This is free, but you can also get a free trial for seven days. Um, when I went into SimilarWeb, I noticed that those that do have a website kind of like validates what we know, which is that a lot of these businesses run by word of mouth um, and social media rather than website. Um, but website does add credibility. And, and so what I looked at and what I found was that just using like crazy domains or GoDaddy or whatever you want to use for um, your website uh, hosting provider, not hosting provider, but domain provider. I found things like Midcoast Lawns uh, is available, that URL. Um, the other things that I found was Taree Lawns. Um, if you wanted to go down the lawns route, the reason yeah. why I say that is because if most people are coming to you for lawn maintenance in the beginning, it would make sense that you would use that in your business name or at least have the website handy because you can treat that, that will help with your SEO. Like choosing the right web address is actually really powerful because Google sees that as um, a web address that is potentially what a person's search intent is. So even if they're going Tari lawn mowing, Tari lawns should be the first thing that comes up. If you had tarilawnmowing.com.au, eventually after say six months, Google would recognize that as people are searching for this product or this service, not for a service, if that makes sense. Mm. And so that is one option. But if you want to obviously pivot the business longer term, you probably don't want to bed down too much of your brand on that. Okay. Um, after we hit uh, stop recording last time, um, Jordan, you and I just had a quick chat about a tool called ServiceMate. And yes. have you had a look into that since then? I've signed up actually and I've just transferred all the details there. So I'm now using that. All oh, right, and how have you found that so far? Quite good. I suppose it's um, I've got to get used to pressing, you know, navigate to job and whatnot because um, I haven't had to use something like that before. But I find it really helpful because it shows you where you are on the map and how the distance you got to travel and um, the client details, are, yeah, it's obviously much better. Yeah, so you can use that. So for anyone's benefit, you're using that effectively to um, – Effectively to navigate the jobs, to invoice, and to schedule jobs. At the moment, I'm not using the invoice. That's something I might tack on later for Zip with Zero. Um, but I'm still using Henry because I don't think they integrate. That's what I couldn't. That's what was going to be my question for you because I know last time you said you use Henry, which is great for sole traders to use. We've had the guys on the show before to talk about it. Yeah. But um, obviously the next step up is Zero, which is like a would also allow for you to go to a company structure probably a little bit easier than Henry. Mm. And it does integrate with ServiceMate very seamlessly. Yes. So one of the things that we spoke about last time with Jordan was that you basically might want to get into things like, you know, maintenance around driveways or, as you mentioned before, hedging. And maybe you start to do more landscape maintenance type stuff rather than just, you know, the lawnmower or whip snipper and yeah like trimming and these types of things. Now, one of the ways you can do that is basically you can use your existing audience to grow that service and to test that service. What I find with a lot of service-based businesses is people don't collect enough data. But just because it's a service that's in person, 
say that let's juxtapose our businesses, like yeah. Rask is all online. So we have to collect data on people like email addresses. We don't collect as much as we probably should, but you know, where they're located roughly so we can segment our audience and we can retarget and we know if they're a member or not a member, or if they know if they're a student or not a student, so on and so forth. With ServiceMate, you can actually record all of that. Okay. But one other thing you can do, if you haven't already explored, this is my question to you, is do you have a MailChimp account? I don't, no. Okay, so you can get a free MailChimp account. And my understanding is you can you can integrate the two, ServiceMate and MailChimp. Yeah. MailChimp is like where a lot of online businesses start out and then migrate off the platform once they realize there may be our superior alternatives. But what you can do is you can automatically sync your your clients in ServiceMate to MailChimp, right? Okay. And from there, you can trigger automations. So you could do something like, hey, after the third event in ServiceMate, send a notification to the, send an email to the client and say, hey, thank you for using us. Thank you for your loyalty. Um, if you use this link to refer a friend, and it can just be a generic link, or tell them, you know, blah, um, you, they can get 50% off and you can get 50% off, right? Yeah. So you've got that network effect that way and it's all built through automation. And you would just go and if someone calls you and say, hey, you know, Barry and Susan, they referred me, yeah. um, you'd be like, just look up in MailChimp, you'd be like, bang, yep, I saw the automation triggered, it got sent to them, done. And you can, my understanding is with MailChimp, you get up to 500 uh, I could be wrong, but I think you can get up to 500 uh, people on your mailing list for free and up to send up to 1,000 emails a month. So the reality is you're not going to no, ex- right. exceed that before you have to pay for it and know that it's working. Mm. But the other thing is it's, it's also a really interesting thing if you want to do kind of more of a mass market targeting email for say like you go and buy a new piece of equipment, you're now working on driveways, well, all of a sudden, you've got a mailing list that you can automate from. Yeah. And what we're seeing in that space is when you design those emails, MailChimp has great templates, by the way, and you can pay 20 bucks, I think it is, and you, that you can let AI design the emails for you, okay. uh, which, is, which is really simple, and it just pulls information from your social or your um, website. And um, basically what it does is... Um, what we're seeing now is with email marketing software is the more personal the email looks, the more likely it is to get a response. So what yeah. I mean by that is in the past, businesses would use emails to um, to kind of like be branded and to look really professional, but now it's trying to look almost unprofessional, like it's just like a regular email like you and I would send to each other via Gmail or something like that. Yeah. So, so this is a way that you can effectively, with this very simple stack, you can invoice, um, you can schedule with ServiceMate, you can even take payments with ServiceMate, uh, and you can integrate with your CRM, which in this case might be MailChimp. And then when you're ready, you can integrate with Zero, so you get that functionality already built in. Yeah. And this is that uh, growth focus that Jordan was talking about last time, where he was saying like it, this is going to cost money. Maybe it costs you fifty or hundred bucks a month. Mm. Maybe a little bit less because service mates what thirty bucks if you get the next one up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but oh, it will that's, sorry, that's what I am. I am using that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so you get all of those features with the thirty dollar plan. You get so many features with service mate. And so all of that would make you elevate and look more professional 
if you've got a website when the other guys don't, I could only find one legitimate website and admittedly it was pretty good and it gave me some ideas. But all of that considered makes you look much more professional. Can also considering you'll walk up to the job, you'll be wearing your polo shirt, you'll look the part. Because one of the things you said was your goal last time was you wanted to have more perceived value to the client. Yeah. Being professional and having that part of your business sorted will obviously put you a cut above the rest. Mm-hmm. So they've got the communication. They know when you're coming. If they ask you a question like, hey, Alexander, can I just pay you now? I don't, can, you know, can I just do this right now? You're like, yep, bang, here's my service, mate. I take it through an iPhone, bang, done. You know, minimize the admin there and then. Yeah. Um, and then collecting that data over time acts like a snowball and you'll be able to offer your additional services. Mm. So that's kind of the growth focus that would get us to, if I'm not mistaken, you want to get to $2,000 a week? I think that'd be a good part. Um, in two days was more the key point there. I think I could do that over five days. Easy. Quite yeah. easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just early days, was that hard? Because I haven't done the migration to ServiceMate before. Was that difficult? Um, it wasn't difficult. It probably took me about an hour or two. I just had to insert my client's details into there. Um, I wrote some notes about the clients, about their property, um, mm. and then put them all on the schedule. So that took a bit of time because it wasn't like Henry just integrate straight in. Um, yep. But other than that, it's not too difficult. I was chatting to a friend of mine and I told you about him. Uh, he runs a like mainly like a lawn care business here in Melbourne. It's quite big actually and he's done very well for himself. Yeah. Um, and I asked him to give me some feedback of what he wishes he knew about it, the business when he started. And he said, um, he said, the government takes a lot, so working harder isn't always better. You have to work smarter. So thank you for that one, Brady. He also said, um, you're not going to make money for a few years if you're trying to scale it, which is fair. But my understanding is you might be not trying to scale it to infinity and beyond, just trying to hit that target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I understand growth sucks cash because the more you grow, you want more equipment. you got, you know, obviously zero tax on and whatnot. Um, I think I'm at a point where, to be honest, I've probably sucked a lot of cash already buying this equipment. So this next year could be a bit more geared towards profitability. Yep. Um, not just trying to fill out the schedule as quick as possible, but um, taking on just, you know, premium jobs and just maximizing what I'm already doing. And so that would just be increasing profitability. Yeah, nice. I like it. And um, one of the things, how do, how are you thinking about then? So we mentioned last time that there might be a drop in efficiency if you go towards that two thousand dollars in two days. How have you thought about ways of kind of mitigating that? Like, how do you mitigate efficiency yeah. loss? I've um, had a look at that. So for starters, reduced travel time is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly. Um, so that would be like between jobs um, and also between towns. So just stay in Foster, just stay in Tari. The other thing would be to have better equipment. Um, if you've got two mowers instead of one, it could be quicker. If you had two whip snippers instead of one, mm-hmm. you know, it's because um, if you've got the second employee, you might, might not always have something for them to do. Um, alternatively, I could be doing something while I finish up the job, like uh, handing out flyers to the next door. Um, just I think it's more about, filling in the gaps for myself between mm. jobs when there's a bit of downtime. Yeah. Um, would you say that you are turning away much work at the moment? Um, or See, I wouldn't say turning away. I would just say 
I've upped my prices to take on just the best of the best. So I could have taken on more work, but I don't want it to be under a certain hourly rate. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I would say I'd probably turn away a bit more than I should. Yeah. So just to give you some other ideas, which you probably already thought about, but just um, to get this confirmation bias might help. Um, my friend is saying that word of mouth works the best, which you've identified already. Uh, if you're going to hire someone, um, also go by word of mouth yes. and always do a two-week trial, um, always. Um, he says the best options, he gets hundreds of leads every week, hundreds. And um, he was saying by far the two best for him, a high pages in Facebook. Okay, high um, pages. I haven't yeah. used that. Yeah. Um, he did comment about the, the different models in terms of whether or not uh, some of them are better in terms of you know pay up front versus pay per lead or you know pay when you just pay the monthly subscription fee or whatever. But Facebook, he said he doesn't pay for it and that's where he gets almost or like most of his leads. Yeah. Um, similar to you because I think you plan you have your admin day on a Saturday. Is that correct? Sunday. Sunday. Well, he does exactly the same. So Sunday he does admin day on a Sunday, plans all the jobs. Yeah. And then the day of he automates the. Uh, invoices to be sent yeah okay i normally i normally so like i finish a job and then invoice it straight away that's my approach is that what he's doing yeah. as well or are you saying exactly so he would he would have it, the email ready to go from his phone he uses yeah. zero yeah and then when he's done with the job he basically just flicks it and yeah, done yeah yeah um and that's that's basically i also asked him what is the best mower on a budget and he did say honda which is what you said last time and i thought to myself yeah. They're a bit expensive. That's uh, that's the only problem, right? They are a bit expensive, but you know they're made to last. I mean, a lot of people would say they go up to five to ten years. So it's it's good equipment. Yeah, um, I I think that the if you if you're trying to transition to more profitability, yeah, um, and you're kind of you're at a point now where you're upping your fees already. Uh, have you have you found anyone's like suggesting that it's too expensive and so on and so forth? So between our last podcast and this one, I've done three quotes that I feel like are pretty promising. Um, one of them is quite a large commercial contract, uh, mm. which is a first for me. Obviously, I've done commercial, but this would be a much larger scale one, which would require me to actually put on a friend to help out. Um, and then the other two, I feel like one of them's going to turn it away. So I'm just a bit iffy with this new pricing structure just to see how they land, but if all of them say no, then obviously I've done something wrong there. Yeah. So it's just trialing out the new prices. How much in percentage terms did you go up? Or oh, like dollar terms or just how? Ooh. Give us a sense of that. Yeah, quite a bit. Um, oh, I'd say quite a lot. Um, maybe 20, 20 to 30%. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you can always just try it, right? At least you're asking the question. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I would say I was undervalued before quite a bit. Definitely. In, com in comparison to my competitors, like, I mean, I started off at 30. I've worked my way up to about 60 on average. Um, yep. So I'm trialing at 70, 75-ish. Mm. Do you want to – I guess one of the questions that I had is, like, obviously, you said last time you're studying, um, you've got a young family. Do you want to be taking this somewhere bigger? Like, do you want – do you want the option of taking the business to a point where you can not just two days, you make it five days, right? And you make, you turn over four or five grand as opposed to two grand. Do you want that? 
Yes, but not until I finish uni. Um, so for now, I feel like this would be a good time to build the foundations over the next year and a half, you know, the credibility, have the website, SEO. So yeah. when it's time to go full time, I've already got the two days of recurring solid work. And then as I go into it, it's not like a risk going, should I go with my degree and get a you know, cruisy job? It's like I've already got two grand a week coming in. I can yeah. now do an extra three days and see where it goes from there. So I would do that, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, then I guess the thing is, because that's what I was un- unsure of with you wanting to build um, like the website, um, aligning the social media presence, like and making the brand cohesive, getting a logo done or doing it yourself. Um, these types of things do require a bit of effort. I just wasn't sure where you were on that journey. Yeah. But f- from my perspective, if you've done the service mate thing, you've done most of the hard part uh, in terms of that, like the website stuff we can work on together and we can spin that up and get a simple web- website. I can train you how to build them really quickly just in like an hour or so. I can show you how to do that. Um, yeah, okay. And, and then we can work on optimizing the website for SEO and doing all that sort of stuff. The, the approximate cost of doing that in reality, people like marketing agencies are going to hate me for saying this, but the reality is you can build a website for a business like yours anywhere from say, like I'm saying a good website, not just some you know thing that's spun up on Wix or whatever, although yeah. Wix is okay, um, 30 to 40 bucks a month. That's, yeah, that's what I've been looking at. I had a, I envisioned it to be a bit more expensive, but my brother, he does a bit of website work and he said WordPress and Elementor is quite simple Yeah, and probably a good yeah. way to go about it. It's exactly what I would recommend. So that's yeah. what I've put in the course um, and that's what I was going to suggest to you yeah, okay. is use, so my preference, and I've mentioned this in the course, it's Elementor, um, which you can get the free version, it's fine. Um Elemental and it integrates automatically with MailChimp. So yeah. what I envisage, right? I don't know if this integration is going to work seamlessly or not. So I'd have to look properly at this integration. But imagine someone goes to your website after they find you on SEO or through a paid ad. They could put their information in and maybe even their address, right? Mm-hmm. And then that automatically is submitted through the website through Elemental. Yeah. It gets sucked into uh, MailChimp and then automatically pushes to ServiceMate or vice versa. So you could come from ServiceMate if you get a new client on the job, they go up into MailChimp mm-hmm. or vice versa the other way. And that's ideally what we want. So that then if someone submits something on the website, they instantly receive a MailChimp saying, thanks, we've got your message, we'll give you a call in the next 24 hours. It automatically pushes into ServiceMate, creates a record for them. Um, they know, You know where they are, bang, you're ready to go. It's in the schedule. It helps you optimize your scheduling. Done. I think that's great. I think that's probably... I probably I I'd definitely take that on board. I think that would yeah. be really helpful. Yeah. I've got, I'm sorry, I've got a question on that note. Um, sure. So you mentioned you obviously take in a lot of data being an online business. I take in some data, but probably not quite enough. I just want to be sure, other than the name, address, email address, phone number, what else should I be asking? How they found us? Um, yes. Yeah, definitely. Other than that, is there much more? I'd say that that's probably the number one thing is how they found you. And then you can use your own data from there. Like you put your notes into service, mate. That's what I'd probably keep a record of is notes. So it, when you're dealing with smaller sizes, um, you, don't, you, can't, you don't have the luxury of putting all of your time and effort into every client. But as you get into commercial space, what would be really important is to have, I know you use Notion, which is what we use as well for this, is to have basically a table of, um, in your case, it would be clients or commercial clients. And then you could have notes every time you interact with them. 
and you could have, you know, an update of like I, I spoke to Jennifer, she was saying about this thing that they might be coming up in the future, I should follow up in two days. And then you can set a reminder or something like this, mm. just so you can stay on top of those big deals that really matter. And that's where it becomes more of a relationship style thing. So it's the same type of information you would collect up front, but at least this time you're maintaining your intelligence on your important customers. Okay, yeah. Um, or if someone says to you, for example, oh, hey, um, you know, we're thinking of redoing the driveway in six months. You could maybe say in three months, you could go back to them like, oh, you know, we're now doing driveways or we're now doing a bit of this or we're doing like hedges or that sort of stuff. Like we can potentially help you out there. And you might start to find that those little notes that you keep and you're building that IP, the intellectual property on your clients just starts to snowball. And by the time you know it, you're able to influence them into making a transaction with you that's bigger and better than you thought imaginable. Yeah. So, so the, the idea with digital marketing is to collect basically the, the they, it, it's, it's hard to say, like they would say collect the maximum amount of data that you can, but the more data you collect up front, the lower Smart. your conversion yeah, rate. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you want to permission market your way through that and collect small amounts of data regularly and yeah. build, build the, the picture of who that person is. And so on your website, you probably just have phone number, mm-hmm. uh, first, and, first and last name, address, and then any notes. And um, email? And, and, sorry, an email yeah, address. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. you would just collect that minimum information. And it's probably what you'd require to sync with all the right CRM yeah. stuff anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably what I'd maintain in the first instance and then just have your own internal notes on the, the major clients. Um, because then from the background, what you can do is if someone opens your MailChimp email and they click a particular button, like let's say, you're sending out like updated pricing or let's say you've got like new service mm. hedges or whatever. Someone clicks that link, you know they're interested. So then you, what you do is in your MailChimp, you what we, you do something what we call a trigger. So in MailChimp, you would say, if someone clicks this button, add a tag to their profile that says interested in hedging or something like this. Wow, I didn't know it does all that. Yeah, so I do this with Drip, which is more advanced and more expensive, but most of them do this now through trigger links. And you can basically, every action that someone takes on your email, on your website, as long as you've identified who that user is, usually via email, you can identify every button that they click. There you go. Yeah, and it builds your IP on that. And that's MailChimp? Yeah, you can do that with MailChimp. It's limited. You might have to get the slightly updated package, but we can look into that. Yeah. Um, But these are very basic types of automations and then for example it just depends how far you want to go you probably don't want to do this straight away but if someone does click that link you could then trigger another automation off that that says in two days time send them a follow-up to say 20 percent discount on all new hedging jobs okay no i think i think you're right these things definitely help i'm going to take it one step at a time um just so i don't you know suddenly have 100, 150 a month coming out before anything comes in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely nice. I think yeah. Yeah, I'll start with MailChimp for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's free. Like take all the free options that you can. Yeah. Um, I think the integration is free. At least it, it looked like it was free from as far as I could tell. It looked like it was free. So you could make that connection pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, then, I mean, it's up to you, but maybe something is the like kind of the missing link in it all is probably the website. Um, and that you can just get through crazy domains. 
my preferred hosting provider is Flywheel, which is owned by WordPress Engine because they do all the security and the updates for you um, on the back end. And you can get free what we call SSL, you know, that padlock that you get in your browser. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So they can send a secure message to you. That's all taken care of with them. So they yeah, kind yeah. of do all those little simple steps. Um, you can buy a web address through GoDaddy or Crazy Domains. GoDaddy is yeah. probably easier with Flywheel because it automatically picks it up. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to change any settings. It just automatically knows that that's your URL. Um, and so that altogether, those systems would be hyperscalable. Provided yeah. you set them up, like you could handle hundreds of leads. Um, and that's the key thing because then in service, mate, if you bring someone on, you know it only works with iPhones, which is hilarious. Uh, mm. But you can bring on a friend to help you with a job and you yeah. can schedule them in. Yeah, yeah. And it could work with 10 friends or 10 yeah. employees, you know, or just okay. yourself. So, yeah, that would be a part of the foundation I'm talking about. It would be nice to have these things in place before I do go full-time, have them all, you know. Yeah. Ready and to go for that next year. And you would just switch them on, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. And, and sorry, back to the domain and uh, the name. Um, you're talking about SEO of Mikas Yard Services compared to Lawns or something else. Would you recommend just rebranding or would that be bad at this stage? No, I think it's actually probably a good idea. If that's what you want to do at this stage, I think the best time to do it is when you're growing your profile yeah. because there's no point doing it when you have – 50,000, right? And that's no. a lot more tricky. Yeah. Um, and I, the, the thing to keep in mind is your email address or your web domain does not need to be your business name. Okay. As long as it appears in SEO, it doesn't actually need to be it. Um, and that's really important for a lot of, like a lot of folks think that you need to have just like one domain and that's it. But you can have your website is X and, you know, your social media is Y. It's just as long as they know that that's the associated brand. Mm. Um and for example, the reason why I put in Tari Lawns is obviously for SEO, but you could do mid-coast services, mid-coast lawns, mid-coast yard yeah, services, yeah. whatever you want to do. But I tried to keep it small, like URLs yeah. that are very long. Obviously, you pay like exponentially more the shorter your URL gets. It's quite funny. Yeah. Um, but that's why all those tech companies in the US did .io. And Australia recently moved to a new standard. You probably haven't seen this. Only like the nerds like me would know this. But Australia recently moved to a new standard where um, you don't need .com.au anymore. You can just do .au. And it's oh, because, right. yeah, and it's because people don't want to type in the extra bit. <laughs> Sounds mm. silly. So um, that's, actually, yeah. that's actually a reminder of any business owner out there that doesn't have the .au version of their website. You should go and reserve that now. If you've got a good URL. <laughs> so, so, no, claiming this domain, no, just on the same point there, I would say it. I kept the same. I probably will end up changing. We'll see. But if it was Mikos Yard Services, would it just be .au? Yeah, just .au. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. You could get, you can get both, obviously. You would yeah. probably want to get both. But there used to be like a lot of brands out there. Like let's say you'd have like rask.com.au. A competitor might go and register rask.net.au, which is also seen by the domain authority to be like a legitimate domain when it's just straight out copycatting. Mm. Um, so those are probably the three that you want is probably like .com, .au, .net, .au, and .au. Yeah. Um, those are, the shorter it can be in your URL, the better. It's more memorable. But at the same time, if you want SEO, it's a strategy that you can pursue because 
I'll give you like an idea, right? Like if you search, and I did, all of the like Tari, Forster, Midcoast, Lawns, Yard, blah, 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 blah. If you search all them, the things that come up are yellow pages, this thing called local search, which is just like an aggregating website, which has mm. reviews of lawn care and that sort of stuff, and gyms. Also right? mower shops. I've found yes, a lot of yeah, mower heaps. shops come up instead of lawn mowings. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Heaps of those. I noticed that too. Mm. So th- I think the thing is like those, what those websites are doing is they're just trying to be that search intent. So if you think about the intent of where someone's going to find your services, Facebook, friends, online, probably the three big ones, um, if you think about that, you want to rank for them. So you don't have to have one URL. You can have a few. It's only 10 bucks a year. But you could, for example, have Midcoast Yard Services as your primary website. But then you could have tarilawns.com.au, forsterlawns.com.au, bestlawnmowingintari.com.au, and you could have all those, right? And then they just redirect to your website. Oh, wow. Or you just have a dummy page that optimized for you uh, for SEO. Mm. So you can actually cast a wider net and slowly just plant the seeds of SEO. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So, I mean, there's a lot that we kind of uh, rambled on. So apologies. But, no, that's good. That's helpful. But I think like with communication and reliability, which is what you want to stand out for, obviously your reliability is going to be expressed on the day when you rock up and you're in mm-hmm. front of a client. The communication, you can optimize so much of what you do through those tools, especially ServiceMate and MailChimp. You'll be able to optimize that within a week. You've got it set up for a year, and that is definitely value for money. Mm. Um, And then once you establish yourself and you're ready to take on those bigger jobs, you can bolt on an extra team member, a contractor off to the side. One of the things we didn't talk about, probably because Jordan's not here, is more so around the legal structure. Like that might be a question that you – kind of broach with him when you get to, well, am I going to take this full time or am I over $150,000 save turnover or something like that? That's probably when you want to have that conversation. Yeah. Um, until then, mate, you, I've, I've subscribed to you on uh, Instagram <laughs> and uh, your videos are, are first first grade, mate, first grade. Happy days. I, I was actually, um, I was actually, this is another thing that I was asking my mate about recently was he's actually found TikTok for for lawn mowing and for yard services is exploding at the moment. So I'll take any, it on then. Any type of content you put on there. Yeah. Some sometimes I know some folks that are um, on there at the moment that are even going live while they're doing it. Uh, and people just <laughs> yeah. love to watch. It's just like I think it's one of those things where if you if you watch someone in your case, you know, cut a shrub with a uh, reciprocating saw or mm. It's almost like addictive. You want to see it to the end. So maybe yeah. that's a little little growth hack there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, any other questions for me, mate, before we um, say goodbye for a few weeks? Uh, um, I'm just – yeah, so on the note that I was looking at potentially getting some help soon uh, if mm. this commercial client does land, he's got a full-time job, so I wouldn't be his main source of income. It would be probably one or two days a fortnight. Mm-hmm. Would that be – would I need work cover for him? The answer is probably, but um, the answer is probably, and it varies by state. Um, you could probably, you should, uh, do you have work cover for yourself? I have insurance. Okay, but no work cover? 
No. Okay, so we should probably look into that as a first point of call because it does protect you on the job. Okay. Um, so very important, protect you and anyone on the job. And it can extend, it, in fact, it does extend to contractors as well. Yeah. So um, the way it's based is it's based off your expected wages or salaries, and that's all inclusive uh, in the year ahead. And then you've got to effectively report that to your insurer, if it's like Allianz or whoever, it varies mm. by state. I'm not exactly sure what it is in New South. Like our New South Wales team members are covered by Victorian, by what we do here in Victoria, as far as I know. So yes is the answer, but that shouldn't be too much. And I probably, personally, I probably wouldn't do it until you are certain that they're coming on because you yeah. may as well not pay the premium. Um, but that is something that you should look into um, mm -hmm. sooner rather than later. A lot of the um, the insurers and the websites uh, have applicable information You can, and they'll call you and say, hey, this is what it is. And then you have to self-report that every yeah. year. Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I did not need that for myself, so that's good. Yeah, well, you just want to make sure you're covered for anything on, on premise. You obviously have to have um, like all of your own tickets and everything like that. There was actually, I did actually come up with a few questions that I wanted to just quickly ask you. I'll just tuck these here on the end. That's fine. Have you looked into, um, I think I might have asked you this last time. I was trying to remember if I did or not. Have you looked into NDIS accreditation? Yeah, I've looked into it. The bloke I was talking to said it was an expensive startup. Is it like he was talking thousands? Would that be all right? I don't. The reason why I ask you is because I don't know the answer. So mm. I wanted to see if you'd actually looked into it. I might actually do some more digging into that. And if anyone listening or watching has good experience with this, please let us know. The reason that I bring that up is potentially one of your competitors, I won't say who, in the area. Yeah. has that front and center on their website. I think I know you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Secondly, there are NDIS support and community groups all up and down the coast where you are. Yeah. And I know from experience, my other half works in NDIS, um, how much in demand people are for people with disabilities. Like it's incredible. Okay. Um, so that could be a huge opportunity if we can suss that out. I think what you'll want is like police checks and you'll want um, probably working with children's check. These, yeah, these types of things just to make sure, of course, you would have it, yeah. Sweet. So um, maybe that's a bit of DD for us to just have a look at. There is information available on the NDS website. I'll have a look at that. Yeah, no, for sure. You. That sense great because we're in a – our communities, a demographic, I should say, it's mostly elderly people, so that's – Perfect. Yeah. Great place to uh, retire up on the coast, mate. <laughs> Beautiful spot. Good for you as well. Good yeah. for business. <laughs> exactly. Okay, great. Any other questions, mate? That's it. I've, yeah, you've covered everything. That's really helpful. I'll definitely work on the MailChimp, um, looking at work cover. That's pretty important. And NDIS yep. is probably a key takeaways I've gotten. Yeah, absolutely. I think the more you can automate now, the better I think for your business. You're going to get to the gold standard of like the software stack and the automations really quickly, mm. uh, which is great. And then it's just the finer details like your relationship building, building that IP on those, learning and discovering your pricing strategy and yeah. how much you can get and then optimizing everything from there. So that's great. It's actually exciting, mate. I think you've done an awesome job. Jordan and I were saying last time when we stopped speaking to him, it was like, he should be coaching us, not the other way around. <laughs> um, seriously, you've taken a lot in and it's super impressive. And you did say that one of your competitive advantages is being smarter than the the competitors in the area. I mean, I've, I would struggle to see how they could 
um, exceed what you're already working towards, given what you've shown to us so far. So kudos to you, mate. Congratulations you for doing that all and figuring it all out. Yeah, um, thank you very much. Cool. Well, we'll check in probably a few weeks uh, or probably a few months, a couple months um, for everyone's benefit so we can see where you get up to in that time. Yeah. In the meantime, I know you've got a young family, mate, so I really appreciate you taking some time to join me. That's been excellent. I've had a lot of help from you guys and look forward to see where it takes us. Cool. Man. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. I think this series is best served with my free business course on RASC education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. Finally, if this podcast or the course helps you, I only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend, colleague, or family member who runs a business. Thanks for listening.